0: Oh yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, Enjoy the ride and let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. Ride, and
1: about Be sure to get your ticket. You Everybody's got to spend it in life. So, fish sure back to the be right on time. Everybody, all aboard. Everybody, all aboard. Oh, oh, oh.
2: The Coach's Corner is sponsored by The Health Connection, the best choice for alternative medicine and holistic healing. The Health Connection has two locations in Wichita, Kansas, 1709 West Douglas Avenue and 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170. And they also have a third location at 1001 North Rose Hill Road in Rose Hill, Kansas. Check them out on the web at thehealthconnection.online or give them a call 316 841
1: 0003. Back to the show. Choo choo! <laughs> Welcome in
0: to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, it's your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Starting out with the Coaches Connection, and we're reaching way out, I mean way out, way out, Charlotte, North Carolina way, by way of Inglewood, California. Home of all the stars. Today, this young man has had coaching opportunities, both at Boys and Girls Club. He's going to put the coaching hat on. My podcast friend, my podcast brother, none other than John Trey. Welcome
1: in. There
0: we go. Whoop, John.
2: For a minute,
0: man. Yeah, John has been trying to catch me for a minute. And I've been as elusive as Barry Sanders running away from a defensive tackle. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. John, welcome on board. This train yeah. is always picking up passengers, and the day I get you on here, you've been trying to track me down, and I've been so elusive, and we finally have made contact. So Tell us a little bit first before we get into your little coaching background. You said you haven't coached that long, but some coaching is better than none coaching. But tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got interested in sports.
2: Okay. Um, I'm originally from Inglewood, California, born and raised. Um, grew up in Inglewood. After the LA Rise, my mama moved us. They did a lot of gentrification in LA. My mama moved me to the valley, which is east of L.A., um, San Gabriel Valley, West Covina, California. Went to school, played ball in Nogales High School. Um, was labeled as the best big man in the valley. You know, six 6'3", guarding 6'6", 6'7", dude back then. Holding my own honorable mission my last year. Only year in varsity was the last year because I changed school. No lie. <laughs> My mom tried to put me in a private school, and it didn't work out. I was on a basketball scholarship for them. But, you know, I didn't – I'm familiar with that. i from Englewood, being around so many different people. And when I say different, you know what I mean. But um, being in sports for a while, since I was younger, Playing in Inglewood YMCA basketball, winning championships there. Getting older, going to Nogales High School, winning titles there. My numbers, my numbers in the uh, gym that we played in for the title we wanted. And um, just always been a sports. Magic Johnson, Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, Bo Jackson, watching them come up, the fall in love with sports. And um. Neon Sanders, too. So uh, I moved to Charlotte, which is where I stay now. Mm-hmm. And my coaching experience basically was trying to help the youth learn the fundamentals of basketball. And I was at the Boys and Girls Club in North Charlotte.
0: So. Let me ask you this, because you said something, and I was talking to a guy at my job. As a matter of fact, he's one of the principal owners of the job, uh, director of sales, but he was involved in softball, women's softball, but he also showed me a picture, I guess one of his great nephews or something like that. And he was like, look at this kid's form. Look at how he's keeping his eye on the ball, whatnot. And you said the key thing, fundamental. So when you look at today's sports, whether it be the NBA, NFL, NCAA. What do you think is ruining today's game? Because from my perspective, it seems like everybody wants to see be what they see on the highlights, and they're forgetting what it takes to get there to make those highlights. So, what were you? What is it that you were seeing that you could give back to help improve the product that we see today?
2: Um, what I see today that's missing in all of sports. Is uh that team team spirit? Like seems like everybody wants to be that a star instead of everybody doing their role and and getting to the goal and that's winning. So I just feel like teamwork helps everything work. Helps. Coaches just plan like at a. Uh, what, you, what we call the Pee Wee Leagues, mm-hmm. they're only playing the best player and not bringing up the players that's probably lacking a little bit of talent. They're not bringing them up with the fundamentals of helping that star player out. So you, you, you're you putting so much on these athletic kids where they're doing it and not they having their teammates.
0: OK, so basically what you say is they need to get down to
2: fundamentals and development
0: because uh, I'm here here in Wichita, Kansas, where I'm doing my recordings from born and raised here. And I'm fortunate to have as many guests as I've had. And one of the things that I've noticed, there's a young man that plays local high school football here. and He's going to Kansas State next year on a scholarship. He said he, he chose Kansas State because they don't go after the four and five star athletes but instead what they do is they recruit and develop and by the time they get through they're at four and five star level so that's what i took away from that so basically what i take away from what you're saying is it's all about developing the athlete to be that four and five star if that's what it's meant for that player to be correct
2: right right because that star player would teach his teammates you know, to be great like them. So when, like, like say basketball, let's say that star player gets in foul trouble, they depend so much on that star player. When it should be next man up mentality. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And 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 quite as a step now, you don't see that too often in the NFL. And I'm I'm gonna switch it up because. Now I do have a rooting interest. Now I do like certain players from other teams, but my rooting interest is the Dallas Cowboys. And everybody, on, <laughs> everybody on some of these, uh, some of these chat rooms, Lord have mercy. I think they are forgetting the whole thing. They got one called Dak versus Romo, and some of the comments you see there, you wonder if they're even a fan of the team. But the one thing Dak has went on record and said this year, and he's really been harping on that, is, and even some of the players have echoed the same sentiment. Uh, like Amari Cooper said, why would I be upset if I don't get 13 targets and we're winning the game? When when asked the question of Dak about, you know, he came to the defense of uh, Ezekiel Elliott because a lot of people saying Ezekiel Elliott got this big contract, but he's not producing numbers. Of course, he did that today. But he (laughs) said, there are so many other things that Zeke does. He's not concerned about how many touches or how many yards he gets as long as we get the win. And what we're starting to see from, of all teams, is Dallas Cowboys is having what's called a team mentality, and it's not about I, but it's about we. And you would think that some teams would get that memo and make it about the team because when you have the team pulling in the same direction, then eventually that creates that winning attitude that's been missing.
2: Right. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and tip my hat and salute because I was one more- saying Dallas was going to trade. They need to trade Zeke. But today, he, he he whooped up on my team. And I haven't seen Zeke hit over 100 yards in a long time. And today, he reminded me of Zeke rookie season. Mm-hmm. Now, that I have a life for. I'm not a Cowboy fan, I got to tell you. I can't stand y'all. But it's only because I have some Cowboy fans around in my family in Charlotte. But um, I'm a Carolina Packers fan. And we was undefeated and y'all spanked us today. And, but I have a like for Dak because Dak has a talent and he has the fundamentals. He's accurate. He's careful with what he does. He managed the game. And that's the credit I would give. Give y'all like Dak Prescott is probably the next best thing besides Mahomes and all of them. But his his accuracy, you know, right. knowing knowing the game, how to control the game from the line, I just ain't seen it like that And right. Brady. So. And
0: and here's the crazy thing about that, he hasn't had to throw for over 500 yards in order for them to win. I, I've told yeah. people this, usually when Dak is throwing for 500 yards, it's because we have no choice but to throw for 500 yards because we're usually playing from behind the eight ball. And the running game is null and void because we have to play catch-up. But when you play balanced football, run back. and pass, and even with the weapons that we have, and if you look at this team, you kind of go back to the days of Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irving, Jay Novichat. But that team was balanced. Troy wasn't going for five and six hundred yards a game. Right, right. 240, maybe an occasional 300 game, but the team won because they had that balance. And that all comes back to coaching.
2: Well, I'm going to say we're going to see y'all again in the playoffs because, <laughs> you know, the, NF, the NFC East ain't shit. But Dallas is always going to be at the top because. Jerry Jones is going to make sure he gets the right players in the right positions to do that. Um, Paying Dak was very important, I feel, for the Cowboys. So he wouldn't have to have that in the the back of his mind of he's fighting for a contract. Mm -hmm. But now he's free to to, to play his game. And his game is to be as accurate as possible, Mm -hmm. efficient as possible. And he does it better than a lot of quarterbacks I in the game. And that balance you was talking about, I saw it today. That third quarter, man. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all ran it up. You know that defense I was doubting that y'all had. Mm-hmm. Digs, y'all got a cornerback. I ain't never seen cut on a pass like that since Deion. Right. You know, like he really. He took our star player at, as far as today, which was DJ Moore out the, out that third quarter, and that's what broke that game open. Absolutely.
0: So now, getting back into your coaching experience with the boys and girls club, you said you did that for about a year, correct?
2: Yeah, I did it for like a year, and what was it the, was fun. And what was I enjoyed it, it.
0: And what was the age group
2: that you were working with? They was ten to twelve.
0: Ten to twelve. And yeah. what what was the what was the main thing that you seen within that age group as far as what you would have to work
2: with them on? I seen um, from ten to twelve because I was assistant coach with my uh, friend who brought me in on his coaching staff. What I saw was they didn't know the game. Okay, they really didn't know the game. And like compared to me at going up in the eighties watching magic bird and I knew the game at a young age. Mm-hmm. So at ten and twelve I had to break all that street ball and down into actually teaching them the fundamentals of the game. Right. How to use your players, your teammate, you know, when when you, you know how to notice what teammate is hot and how to get him the ball. How to always play defense first, you'll get easy points. Right. No, it's just teaching them the fundamentals.
0: Absolutely. Now I'm going to ask you another question. It's coaching related. However, I'm going to have you put on your thinking cap because there have been some legendary coaches that have passed on whose names will never be forgotten always be etched in our memory bank, whether they be men's basketball coach, women's basketball coach, or even football for that name, for that matter. But so I'm gonna give you some names and tell me your thoughts from when we ever see any coaching like this. Let me start with his name.
2: John Thompson. Hey, <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy right there because uh, when you started talking about, him, he was the first one that came to mind. Because when I was in high school, no lie, my mom would probably tell you, I was, my grades went up to the park, but I loved John Thomas. Like, I wanted to go play for him so bad. Let him rest in peace. But um, that's one of the greatest coaches. Coach somebody from like suburban, from the, from the ghetto, from the hood, whatever you want to call it. He would take them boys such as Allen Harris who went through a situation to get locked up. He took a chance on a kid and gave him an opportunity that looked like he never did.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going
2: to give you another name. I'm
0: going to go women's on this side now. Pat okay. Summit. You said who? Pat Summit. Summitt.
2: The, again, the, another one that Related to his players
0: she I'm brought a, the
2: best out of his players
0: yeah um, let me let me give you a little briefing on Pat Summit. She was the women's coach Tennessee volunteers they got the yeah
2: yeah, I know you're talking
0: court, court named after her and everything
2: right just just a winner mm-hmm. a winner John cheney, <laughs> John Cheney, that's how. the time. John Chaney was another one that uh, he let his he let his players be he, you know he was strict though mm-hmm. but he let them be them
0: Absolutely I, and I wish I had that sound clip of John Chaney because uh, there was a game and they play, I think they played against UMass or maybe before he was UMass with, uh, John Calipari was coaching and during the press conference, something had transpired, and John Cheney was visibly upset. And you know how they use the term party crasher? He basically crashed the interview room and basically told Calipari, he said, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. And had to be restrained. But what, yeah, people, I remember don't, but what people don't <laughs> know or want or fail to realize, even after that incident, John Cheney, God rest his soul, and John Calipari ended up becoming best friend. when it was all said and done. Because yeah,
2: it, it was respect back to Yeah. And now. that's one thing, too, that's missing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, because, like, especially in pro basketball, you got Phil Jackson, Red Arbor, You know, you only get these couple of coaches that I mentioned because of their... But you don't... They don't never really talk about the, the pre, you know, that that for the season, how, how formula did he bring to, to be that winner? Mm-hmm. I feel like Red Heart like, taking a chance of a black athlete yeah. in one of the Warriors races Boston. Yeah. You know, um, Phil Jackson helping the out of things, making the game more than physical, mm-hmm. physical, you know. And John Thompson, you know, I go back to teaching the hard lesson and bringing that, forward. you know, showing you how all all is related. How do you how you prepare for the game? How do you prepare to be a winner? Absolutely.
0: Now, in bringing this segment to a close here, I want to ask you this. Of those coaches that I mentioned, John Chaney, John Thompson, Pat Summit, let me even throw Bobby Knight's name in there. Do you think that those coaches would survive today's culture with the way players are given so many rights nowadays as opposed to back when they coached? Or do you think they could adapt to today's players? Because let's just face it, today's players are not cut from the same cloth as players were from yesterday. I don't think you could, you will ever have another Allen Arrison type player, another Patrick Ewing, uh, let me just say some names, Isaiah Thomas. I don't think you would see those type of players in today's game because I don't think you'll see those type of coaches from back then because of the way the culture is today so do you think those coaches could actually strive in today's culture or would they adapt from what they are or do you think they would just be just like y'all can have it because even the coaches that are living mike chesheski he's stepping down after this year Roy williams he's already done so those coaches that have gone on before us do you think they would thrive today would they adapt or would they just say hey it's time for a new breed now
2: um, I think John Chaney could coach and everything. I hate that he didn't get an NBA opportunity. But he was so focused on raising these boys into men. Mm-hmm. You know, I respect that, because he could have he could probably got any any deal for the NBA. But he, he did broadcasting instead, you know. Um Bob Knight <laughs> I think he's needy, you know, to bring that toughness back because there's a lot of sensitivity in all all sports. Like, right? you know, give me a, a a football coach. Give you a you football.
0: Give you a football coach. Let me see here. Who? Could I? I don't I don't know any football coach. Well, there was the late Woody Hayes, mm. <laughs> Ohio State. <laughs> Right. He's the one that lost his job because he punched the Clemson player on the sideline.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I think Bob Knight, he probably wouldn't survive because everybody's got these phones. They will point them out. And you got this thing called counterculture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And everybody's so sensitive, politically Ready? They wouldn't know how to take it, Bob Knight. You know, they wouldn't know how to take the time in the sort of you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to go to baseball because you know, being raised in LA, Tommy Lennon rest in peace, he was he was a legend. You know, he had that Bobby Knight. Here. He always had that aggression with his players to keep getting them ready. But now it's like today's game is more so dependent on the player like you getting himself ready mm-hmm. but I think that's uh, I just think Bob Knight probably you don't want to point it out because right. that's the sense of time
0: well JT I want to say thank you for joining me on this segment called the Coach's Corner we're going to do this again soon I have my high school scoring show I have to do here but we are definitely going to get you back on here sooner, quicker than later. And likewise, let everybody know what the name of your podcast is before we let you go.
2: I I appreciate um uh, lending your platform to um about my 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 I've been trying. I respect you for the show. And um you can go check my, uh, my, and my other platforms. You get a podcast, spark the convo, and basically talk about so we talk about within the black and um with so we could point out is trying to solutions. All right.
0: Once again, on my show, John Trey and his podcast on Anchor as well, Spark the Convo, which let me remind the listening public that Anchor is also powered by Spotify, so you may also be able to listen in on Spotify as well. And that's Spark Combo with the host, John Trace. So John, we want to thank you once again for being on the show. And you're all welcome, right. you're welcome yeah. to board this train anytime, all right? All right, thank you. All thank right. You, you have a nice day, sir. Once again john trey from spark the convo on the a train sports talk podcast put him on his put on his coaching hat and what i'm going to do right here is i'm going to go ahead and take a break just because i can and it's that time for me to take a break so stay tuned a train sports talk podcast we'll be back after a brief message or two Oh, Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, $0.99 cents a month, 4 dollars a month, or 9 dollars a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast.
1: This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar
2: Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride.
1: Woo!
0: Training Sports Talk Podcast. Welcome back to my next segment. Once again, special thanks to John Trey, way out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Joining me in on the Coach's Corner and also having another conversation. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Spark the Convo, where he talks about various issues and some sports talk as well. too That's John Trey, Spark the Convo, also on the paper platform. Well, welcome back once again to my next segment as we get ready to bring you the high school football scoreboard show. That's right. It's the high school football scoreboard show. And there are plenty of scores passed on to you as well as some games that were also canceled as well. So let's just go ahead and get on into this as it was week five which I believe that's safe to say that we are approaching halfway point. Then we start looking at district play. And when the, as they would say, that's when the real season starts. So let's start with 6A. There was a game, a couple of games in 6A on Friday, on Thursday night, with the Olathe West just manhandling Shawnee Mission West by the final score of 45-0. Blue Valley Northwest basically So, Blue Valley Southwest, thanks for coming to our field, and we're sending you home with a 55-8 shellacking. Then we move to Friday night's game. KC Southeast, KC Harmon. that game was canceled. We have no further information on that. Blue Valley Northwest against Blue Valley, and Blue Valley basically doesn't need any direction. but whatever direction you're from, they decided to put a 45-23 beatdown on Blue Valley North. Manhattan has no problem steamrolling Topeka Seaman by the score of 48 to 21. Washburn Rule manhandles Emporia 45 to 9. Junction City West mauled Topeka. Wait, let me see it again. Junction City mauled Topeka West by the score of 54 to 16. While Olathe East squeaked past Shawnee Mission North by a touchdown by the score of 28 to 21. And a school that just can't seem to get things going. They finally found their mojo, and maybe they are finding it at the right time. It's finally coming out with a victory. Gardner Edgerton, one of those traditional powerhouse schools out of the East bracket. Beat Olathe Northwest by the score of 35 to 28. I'm pretty sure they're glad to get that victory in just in time. And Free State has no problem with Mill Valley cruising past them by the score of 41 to 20. And a battle of the directional schools out of Olathe. North beats South by the score of 54 to 16. While Shiny Mission Northwest puts the beating on Lawrence by the score of 41 to 24. And another battle of the directional schools in Shiny Mission as East demonizes South 34 to 19. And Garden City blanks liberal 49-0. What East? Getting back on the winning side as they manhandled West Tide by the score of 52 to 8. And now I am confused as to how we should say this name because for years we've been saying Capon until they brought Father Capon back. Either way it goes, Wichita Southeast couldn't find no one to give them blessings as Capon boat raced Southeast, ran the Buffalo off the field by the final score of 80 to 20. That concludes the 5A scoreboard. Now we're going to look at, pardon me, that concludes the 6A scoreboard. Now we're going to go ahead and look at 5A. As Aquinas gets knocked off by Christian Brothers College by the score of 42-7. to Spring Hill gets past DeSoto by two touchdowns by the score of 28-14. Have no score on Kansas City Wyandotte or Kansas City Washington, and likewise, no score for Kansas City Schlegel versus Kansas City Sumner. I'm pretty sure Topeka Highland, which they didn't have a score in the game, that was a pretty high score in the fair, but they just came out on the short end of the stick as Topeka beats Highland Park by the score of 70 to 42. Atchison has no problem with KC Turner, beating them 45 to 12, and in a battle for bragging rights. The battle for fifty-four, catfight in the jungle, whatever you want to call it. Goddard Eisenhower shuts out Goddard by the score of twenty-four to twenty. Derby annihilates Hutchison, fifty-five to six. And in a game, in, in a couple of teams that are I know are headed on a collision course. May South handles Newton sixty-eight to twenty-four, while May's Handles to the line of South, 57-27. Campus takes on Wichita Northwest, and they are licking their wounds as the Grizzlies clawed the Campus coach by the score of 55-28. And in the game that many predicted to be a closer scoring affair, some even went with height. However, they came up short, not just short. How short? Way short. As Andover manhandled Wichita Heights, 49-7. And Bishop Carroll, I can't help but to think, even with the final score, it took it easy as they cruise past Wichita North 54 to zero. And Pittsburgh handles Wichita South by the score of 35 to 20. That concludes 5A Outlook. Now we go to 4A. Newt Blank Independence, 44 to zero. Port Scott was in a dogfight with the Levet County, coming away with a four-point victory by the score of nineteen to fifteen. Ottawa cruises past Bonner Springs by the score of thirty to thirteen. Lewisburg eats out a victory over Eudora, thirteen to twelve. K.C. Piper beats Tonganoxie by a field goal by the final score of twenty-three to twenty. Saint James beats Saint Pius by the score of thirty-three to thirteen. Bishop Meade get past Blue Valley West by two touchdowns by the score of 28 14. In a low scoring affair, Leavenworth comes away with a seven point victory over Lansing by the score of 14 7. Acer Linwood has no problem with Shawnee Heights, boat racing him 42 7. Romago squeaks out a one point victory over Paola by the score of 22 21. Uh, Ulysses and Borger were canceled. However, Circle. Comes away with a four-point victory over Winfield by the score thirty-five to thirty-one. Wellington eats out a one-point victory over Rose Hill thirteen to twelve. Mulvane boat races Coffeeville fifty-one to six. Andover Central has no problem with Valley Center, comes away with a fifty-one to ten victory, and McPherson pretty much doubles up on. Dorado just about by the score of 63 to 36. Salinas Central has no problem with Arc City beating them 51 to 14. Bueller also cruises past Augusta 56 to 21. Dodge City handles Great Bend, the Cougars, by the score of 31 to 14. And Hayes blows away Abilene by the score of 64 to 7. And that concludes 4A. So what I'm going to do right here, I am going to take a break. And when I come back, we will have some more scores coming back in with 3A. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table,
1: and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride.
0: Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast It's the High School Scoreboard Show. Along with the Coach's Corner, once again, special thanks to John Trey, all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina, tapping in on his experience of coaching, even though it was with the Boys and Girls Club. Guess what? He was still a coach, so he's welcome on my show anytime, Alrighty. Anyway, we're going to wrap up this scoreboard show. We gave you... 6A, 5A, 4A. So now we are ready for 3A. So let's just go ahead and get on into this and give you the scores from 3A and we will take this on down all the way to 6 man, which by the way, in case you haven't heard, I've mentioned it on my show a few times. 6A will now be a sanctioned sport by the Kansas State High School Athletic Association. It was voted on week before last. So 6A will now be a sanctioned sport and will also be increasing in the amount of teams that will be playing 6A. Of course, last week, you know, I gave you the rundown on the shuffling of classes 6A all the way down. There will be some teams moving up, some teams moving down. So looking forward to a new classification, so to speak. So let's go ahead and get back into the scoreboard show. 3A. Run out. Hiawatha boat races Jefferson West by the score of 45 to 7. Rock Creek gets past Sabatha by the score of 34 to 20. Topeka Hayden blanks Osawatomi by the score of 38 to 0. Holton has no problem with Royal Valley blanking them as well, 50 to 0. Iola. Has no problem with Anderson County Garnett beating them 34 to 7. Gerard Cruz's past Prairie View, by the final score of 38 to 15. Frontenac has no problem with Burlington beating them 42 to 6. As Parsons also did the same to Baxter Springs by the same, of, well, the, almost the identical score. They just let Baxter Springs make the extra point. They won that game by the score of 42 to 7. Columbus cruises past Cherryville by the score of 28-6, while Galena gets past Caney Valley 38-22. In a more high-scoring affair, Bishop Ward cruises past Santa Fe Trail by the score of 58-41, while Perry LeCompton blanks Baldwin by the score of 40-0. Likewise, Southeast of Saline shuts out Colby 45-0, and in a closely contested, low-scoring game, the Broncos of Russell gets past Scott City by the score of 12-7. Concordia blinked Clay Center, beating them 50-0, while Marysville turns on the Jets and cruises past Council Grove by the score of 57-14. Brody County cruises past Chapman by the score of 37-16. Huygenson has no problem with Nickerson beating them 27-6. Cheney beats Pratt 27-14, while Holcomb pitches the short out over Lawned by the score of 58-0. Smoky Valley cruises past Gutland 40-6, while Clearwater cleared the air, so to speak, beating Halstead 31-20. Andale has no problem with Heston blanking them 48-0, and collegiate boat races, we should talk Trinity, 56-7, which now moves us in to 2A. As Pittsburgh Colgan cruises past Cherokee Southeast, 34-12. Riverton blinks Erie, 16-0. Wellsville has no problem with Eureka beating them 45-12. While Fredonia pitches the shutout against Neodashay, beating them 35-0. Osage City cruises past Jayhawk Lynn by the score of 63 to 21. Humboldt boat races West Franklin 50 to 7. Silver Lake blanks Mission Valley 63 to 0. Pleasant Ridge likewise with McCloud beating them 50 to 0. Rosville has no problem with Oskaloosa, another shutout 62 to 0. While Atchison County, Effingham cruises past Mower Hill 42 0. 29. Touch Trinity in a more closely contested game squeaks past Marion 21-18, while St. Mary's cruises past Nemaha Central 30-12. In a more closely contested low scoring affair, Lakin beats Southwestern Heights 12-6, while Cimarron turns on the afterburners and cruises past Syracuse 60-12. Beloit blanks Phillipsburg 32-0. And TMP, known as Thomas More Prep, shuts out Ellis, 27-0. Republic County, in a more lower scoring affair, gets past Riverside by a 10-spot, beating them 16-6 as Norton County squeaks out with a one-point victory over Ellsworth, 21-20. Bell Plain shuts out Blue Stem, 43-0, as Chaparral doubles up on Garden Plain, 41-21. Lions gets past Sterling, 36 well, as Keeman cruises past Douglas 41 7. Poisonton has no problem with Minneapolis, beating them 36 6. And Hillsboro tells Haven, thanks for coming 62 0. Now we go to 1A, and 1A starts out the same way 2A finished with a shutout. OP 63, Pleasanton 0. Northern Heights, well, at least they got on the board, but it wasn't much better as Uniontown puts a 50 spot on them, beating them 50 to six. Jackson Heights has no problem cruising past Troy, 38 to 15, while Central Heights gets past Horton by the score of 33 to 20. Waubonsee cruises past Valley Heights, 28 to 12, while Centralia cruises past Jefferson County North, 20 to six. Elkhart gets past the Blitz, 22 to 14. No score on Remington, Staten Island. All we know is this game was canceled. Which brings us to Cedric against El Saline. No problem for Cedric as they win that game going away 55 to 12. Smith Center has no problem with Oakley beating them 41 to 8. And in two overtimes in a game that looks more like a baseball score, and in baseball, this would be considered a high scoring game. Ellenwood gets past Sacred Heart by the score of 9-6. Once again, that was in two overtime. While Inman had no problem with Plainville beating them 48-3, and Conway Springs cruises past Independent 55-0. Now we move to 8-man Division One. And if you're not used to hearing 8-man scores, let me be the first to tell you these scores are not a mistake. This is 8-man football. West Elk gets past Marmaton Valley 62 to 14. Gate Center shuts out Cedarville, Dexter, 62 to 0. Burton Central has no problem with U beating them 52 to 6, while Sedan cruises past Oswego 60 to 8. Madison shuts out Oxford 52 to 0. And what would be considered, I guess you could say this is a more high-scoring affair. Chase County cruises past Pun Hills 56 to 30. Burden game shuts out Washington County, 47-0. Clifton Clyde beats Valley Falls, 50-6. the River, in a high-scoring game, puts out an eight-point victory over Kenton Galva, 60-52, while Bennington shuts out Solomon, 50-0. Lincoln gains a 10-point victory on Harrington, 34-24, while Attica Argonia has no problem with Pretty Prairie beating them, 50-12. Gospel doubles up Mound Ridge, 42 to 22. Kiowa County has no problem with St. John Hudson beating them, 48 to 0. The Cross gets past Maxville, 64 to 42, and Kinsley squeaks out a five-point victory over Pratt Skyline, 28 to 23. Fairville cruises past Hodgman County, 30 to 14, while Mead manhandles South Gray, 44 to 6. Donovan West, no problem with Maranatha Academy beating them 62 to 14, while Wichita County cruises past Nest City 72 to 30. Prego Community gets past Atwood Rollins County 58 to 28, while Hoxie cruises past Decatur Community 56 to 20. Medicine Lodge manhandles Fairfield 56 to, z- to 6, while Hill City blanks Stockton 69 to 0. Now we go to eight-man division two. Waverly has no problem slipping past Colony Crest 50 to 14. We have no score on Chautauqua against South Coffee County. However, Lebo has no problem with Wakefield. Bolt racing them 60 to 14. Titan Ingles by the score of 50-0. Quintner cruises past Triplanes Brewster, 54-6. to six. Victoria Cruises past Central Plains fifty six to six, while Wheatland Grinnell has no problem manhandling Wallace County sixty five to twelve. Central Christian manhandles South Haven sixty six to eighteen in a more closely contested game. Logan, not nah, get that correct. St. Francis beats Logan Palco twenty six to twenty two. South Barbara Cruises past Teabody Burns sixty six to twenty. Buckland beats. Satanta, 26 to 6, while Caldwell team Stafford 51 to 14, Harford Blanks Rural Vista 64 to 0, Mineola doubles up South Central 46 to 26, Norwich has no problem with Sylvan Lucas beating them 42 to the 12, while the old, uh, Otis Bison just boat races Tescott 72 to 22. Thunder Ridge blanks Rock Hills fifty-four to zero. Likewise, Lakeside does the same to Southern Cloud fifty to zero. Osborne gets past Hanover by ten, beating them thirty-six to twenty-six. St. John's Tipton has no problem with Pike Valley beating them sixty-two to twelve. Follow no problem with Wetmore beating them sixty to twelve. Axtel cruises past Frankfort fifty-four to eight. Blue Valley Randolph gets past Lynn fifty-two 52- to. 50 in a high scoring game, a two point victory while St. Paul blanked Altoona midway, 52 to zero. And this had to be fourth picture of a game as it's showing Ashland with a one to zero victory over Burton. And this is in six man now. Golden Plains 52, Deerfield 7. Cunningham 72, Ashland 24. Bird City, Chalene, 45, Tribune 0. No score on West End Northern Valley. Moscow beats Pawnee Heights 45 to 28. And no score on Fowler Roloff. So that concludes the scoreboard show. And
2: hope you have enjoyed the show thus far as much
0: as I enjoy bringing you some of this, these scores. And for that reason, some of the news as well, too, because what I want to look at now, Is how an on field opponent, Leote Community, stepped up to injured Ness City High School player. I want to pull that story up. As a matter of fact, I believe that I just might have a little bit of audio on that. I think it's worth noting how, even though it's an opposing, it's amazing what happens when a community itself steps up, and sometimes when it's the opposing community that steps up. So I kind of want to take a
1: look into that. Kansas community is coming together to support a Ness City High School football player currently in a coma. Bowen Haas suffered a brain aneurysm after taking a helmet-to-helmet hit during a football game. As Joe Baker shows us, a competing team now rallying around him while he continues on his road to recovery. The Wichita County High School football team is getting it done on the field with a three-and-one record so far, but it's what they're doing off the field that brings sunshine to Leota on a cloudy day. They want to help a Nest City football player, Bowen Haas, who suffered a brain aneurysm from a helmet-to-helmet hit he took in a game early last week and has been in a coma. So, the Indians football team and Leota community are stepping up. I mean, it was it was bad. We all knew that it was bad, and we knew that if one of our guys, that happened to them, we'd be devastated. So, we knew we needed to do something, and so we kind of decided to see if we could raise some money. Matt Price says his business, Price Repair, is matching up to $1,000 in donations. He tells me the money raised has already surpassed that number. We've actually met the $1,000 already. Uh, I know there's several others around town that have collected some too. We haven't got those donations in yet, but we're well over the community given $1,000 already. The total is now nearing $5,000 so far for Bowen and his family. The Indians will play Nest City Friday night and captains from the football team will give the donated money to the Nest City coaching staff before the game starts. The Indians football coach, Brand Douglas, says these young men are making a difference in this western Kansas town. Just coming together to support somebody that they don't even know necessarily, but just, you know, in a small community, knowing other small communities, we have to support each other, and them taking that initiative with their parents has been great to see. And quarterback Eric Hermosillo says, Football is more than a game. Family matters. And we hope the Haas family
2: uh recovers from this, yeah. In Leota,
1: Joe Baker, eyewitness news.
0: And there you have that courtesy of KSCW. Gotta give credit where credit is due. I think that story was noteworthy of sharing. It just goes to show you sometimes it's about more in the game when a player goes down to an injury of sorts. You find out in those situations as well who is for you and who is against you. And when it's the opposing team, you you expect your own to be there for you. But when it's the opposing upcoming opponent, that takes on an extra added meaning. And it's things like that that make the world go round. So we pray for a speedy recovery for the fallen player. Pray that God will restore him back to health. Whether or not he plays another game of football, it's beyond football. It's the fact that it's a life, brain aneurysm, in a coma. If he just be able to open his eyes and see again and walk again and talk again, that in itself will be a miraculous comeback. So I want to end on that note. Once again, prayers and thoughts go out to the family that this young man will be able to at least be able to function as a human, be able to one day open his eyes up and say hello, say that I'm a miracle, that God has touched me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something I normally don't do on my show, but I want to end this show with a prayer of healing. Uh, Lord God, we want to say thank you this moment right now as we heard the report of a young man who is battling for life had a brain aneurysm in a game that he loved to play. How another community is rallying around and raising donations to help out with the bill. Now, Lord, we ask that you bless that family. Those that hear this podcast, we pray also that they will go down and prayer for this family. For you saying your word, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And Lord, we pray healing on this young man right now. We pray for this man's family. And, Lord, th- this podcast is not just about sports. We've talked about other issues like mental health issues as well. Right now we're talking about the health of a young man who had an aneurysm playing the sport that you love and how everybody's rallying around. Now, Lord, we ask that you continue to strengthen the family during their weakest moment, continue to heal this young man, that he may be, be able to open his eyes up and say, I'm healed. I'm touched. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, this is the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Hope you have enjoyed this show. Continue to send prayers out to that family. They need those prayers right now. But this is the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. I am getting ready to bring this train into the station. Hope you have enjoyed this show. Once again, special thanks to my guest, John Trey. We'll be doing this again soon i'll be coming back tomorrow with my college football update top 25 scores and highlights as well as bringing you the top 25 ranking so tune back in with you tomorrow but until now it's a train sports talk podcast and this train is pulling into the state have a blessed day